Hello, people on the internet. Maybe you're not on the same internet place where you usually get content from Sports Kita Wrestling because I guess that's a thing we're going to do now. Um, hey, everybody, it's Kev Kellum. This is Sports Kita Wrestling covering AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. This is the debrief. Usually you get uh, Jose Gonzalez uh, in Florida, but we have another Floridian. Another man, Rico El Glorioso. I can't roll the R. My, my R didn't roll there. I'm sorry, Rico. Uh, we have so much to cover. We have a new name that debuted in AEW Dynamite, and we learned some phenomenal lessons on this week's NXT. Let's get into it. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out indeed. What's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. We are just minutes removed from Dynamite over in the Mid-Atlantic. They had to do the Mid-Atlantic thing and have Dave Crockett come out in the, in the main event because they, 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 Tony Khan has this massive, massive erection for WCW NWA <laughs> history, doesn't he? It, it feels like, you know, he's trying to right the wrongs that may have been done by Eric Bischoff and company or, or done by WCW and NWA themselves and or... by themselves and try to bring it into 2022. We're making everything modern again, but you got to keep it modern by bringing in the old heads, I guess. And we saw that throughout the night, especially with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard because they're North Kakalaki in North Carolina. Why didn't they put them in front of the crowd? You would have got a great pop if you had Arn Anderson in front of the crowd. Man, as, as, especially with that segment with, with Tully Blanchard and throwing up the four horsemen, it's you would you would think, but uh, unfortunately we didn't get that. We got another very popular tag team to kick off the show because Adam Cole, baby, and Red Dragon are back together. The boys are back in town, and guess what, Kev? Mm-hmm. It's a new era in AEW. Of course, you can't say that though. You gotta you're gonna have to like blur that out because they can't say that on AEW just yet. But we're starting to see more of a little bit of attention that we've been hoping for when it comes to the Young Bucks and Red Dragon with Adam Cole split in the middle. And of course, it looks like we're going to get a nice little feud going between Red Dragon and Young Bucks because both of their New Year's resolutions this year is to become AEW Tag Team Champions. And poor Adam Cole is trying to be friends with everybody, keeping along. You know, it's friendly. Oh my God, it's almost like there was multiple segments in the show with too many characters on it. You got to keep all the people on TV because, you know, no, you're all these people on AW. Apparently, everybody has to get their you, own TV you time. Don't, you don't need to keep everyone on television. You don't need to do that. And this was a great example of it. We will talk AEW Dynamite first, but we do have some big NXT news to cover that has been developing yes. the past few days and an eventful episode of NXT 2.0 this week as well with AJ Styles. But obviously, we're fresh off AEW Dynamite just a few minutes ago, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Dynamite going down in the North Carolinas. Two big matches on the show. We'll cover the opening and the main event first and then kind of pick up the pieces after that. Let's jump into this big opening bout. MJF and Wardlow. Um, MJF, of been in a war of words with CM Punk for months. CM Punk comes out to a big ovation. Him and Wardlow, the man who's the uh, orchestrator of the Powerbomb Symphony, the muscle that MJF dictates to. Uh, and this is a hell of a fight. Uh, Punk takes a majority of punishment in this, takes eight powerbombs. Power eight powerbombs. He could have he could have been pinned. He only he was almost pinned here multiple times by Wardlow, who literally was gonna give CM Punk his first loss, make Wardlow look strong, right? And MJF is at ringside demanding more power bombs, and then demanding that he power bomb Punk through a table. And at some point, one more power bomb in the ring, Wardlow just can't have it. It gets aggravating. Roll up finish. 
kind of saw it coming away. It's one of those fun, predictable finishes that I was on board with. And uh, CM Punk in his 40s, he's going to be feeling it, man. That was a world of pain he took tonight. That that could not have felt good on his lower back. But for, first of all, why wasn't that a disqualification when he got powerbombed through the table on the outside? Because... Usually that's not allowed unless it's like the announce tables, but well, it's just no, like a it's, random it's table. a table. It's just an object just outside the ring. There. You could throw someone into the steps and not get disqualified. But then somehow that's if you pick up ring. a weapon, if you pick up a weapon and hit somebody with it, like is he, the table weapon? Physically lift up the table. Okay. Wrestling logic. Let's bend yes. it. <laughs> Lin- uh-huh. Wrestling logic. It bends. And you know, like, yeah. Speaking of that logic, like MJF is here determined to give CM Punk his first loss in 2022 in his AEW run so far. Mm-hmm. And you had the perfect opportunity after five power bombs. You have him do two more, seven power bombs in the ring, easily give be pinned, give him his first loss. But MJF, being as greedy as he is, goes for that eighth power bomb on the side, tries to get a ninth one in the ring, and of course, here comes the roll up win, as you would expect. CM Punk gets the win, and all he had to do was just let it happen. But, of course, we're starting to see more of that tension between Wardlow and MJF because Wardlow's not happy that he took his loss. And they just mentioned he was, like, on a 14-match win streak before going up against CM Punk. Before he almost given his first loss, MJF gets involved. So we're seeing that tension. We're going to see that breakup sooner rather than later. However, as of now, Sean Spears is not only the chairman, he's, you know, the peer mod- uh, the moderator between these two. It's able to keep both guys calm down. But it's going to come to blows soon. And he's going to get, I guess, unfortunately, his own payback in this because later on, MJF comes out angrily demanding that he's going to cost CM Punk his first loss next week. And He's going to have the match. The match it's the you match. want. It's happening. It's going to be CM Punk versus Sean Spears. So that would put them into the 19th. Then we have the 26th. What's the next time that All Elite Wrestling comes to Chicago? CM Punk's hometown, one of the biggest markets for All Elite Wrestling. That would be February 2nd. So my assumption is um, Punk somehow sneaks past Sean Spears again next week. Maybe a Wardlow breakup on the 26th. Maybe a Wardlow breakup on the 2nd. But I think we're getting this Punk-MJF match of some kind. Uh, a one-on-one one. They've done the six-man and stuff like that, but no singles matches, only promos. It's been going on now for, what, five, six weeks or so, probably since yeah. you know, early December. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're going to get this to at least that uh, February 2nd show. I'm on board with it. I thought this was one of the best parts of the show. It was the, the most cohesive, simple uh, part storytelling, okay? Uh, and it's worth noting that they nearly ended the match, okay? They nearly ended the match. So there are things in this segment that I liked a lot, but then we're done in a derivative, much less cohesive, much less slick, clunky fashion later on in the show. They literally did something like this later on in the show that didn't seem nearly as effective and kind of derided another storyline on all Elite wrestling. And I'm going to let you guess what you think that one is Rico. Um, that's where I thought this show kind of like felt like it dropped off a lot. Uh, and I wonder if COVID is hitting uh, the AEW locker room. Their their protocol in terms of handling this is they kind of talk about it after it already happened. Mm-hmm. You had a promo later on after this with Adam Cole, Bebe, and Red Dragon. Basically, you know, three-fourths of the Undisputed Era. I believe the reportedly they're going to call this group the Paragon professional wrestling that is a trademark thing but not official just yet and they come out they cut this hell of a promo then the bucks come out all right so the bucks brought in adam cole and he's supposed to be a part of the elite 
but now you're with these guys that you were there over with. This is sort of confusing. Um, cue the best friends who have been uh, feuding with, uh, with with the with, with both the Bucks and these guys. So now it's like multiple teams, and it's getting a little confusing here. All right, this is the first time in this show where things start to get confusing. We have a lot of different people. Don't you know all these people? They're running out to the ring. All right, and there's there's no there, there's a rhyme to it, but there's no matter. There's a rhyme to it. You know, rhyme and matter. There's the rhyme to this is there. All right. Everyone knows the rhythm and rhyme, but does it matter? <laughs> like, like, so that's where this happens. Britt Baker comes out to the ring. His best friends have their buddy, the alien girl, Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. And Britt Baker attacks them. This sets up a match promo later on in the show. It was definitely a pre-tape because she had a different outfit on later on in the show. I noticed that. <laughs> I was I was kind of like, I was like, wait, you have a different wait a minute, outfit. That was what you were wearing earlier. Yeah. You were wearing a leather jacket. Now you're wearing a denim jacket. Why, who goes from leather to denim? You start with leather, you stick with leather the whole night. <laughs> so uh, th- this sets up a, a smooch from Break Breaker instead of letting uh, the young bucks kiss him. So they're teasing dissension in the rakes between the bucks and these new uh, not undisputed boys, somewhat disputed boys that Adam Cole's leading to the ring and they beat up the best friends and we're going to get a intergender mixed tag match next week on dynamite. They've done some version of this before, but this will certainly be the biggest intergender match they've done in all the wrestling for a while. Right. It's the biggest names. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. When it comes yeah, to you're gonna have Adam, Adam, you're going to have Adam Cole and Statlander versus orange Cassidy. So it's going to be, you know, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool match. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. than some other things that happened later on in the show, yeah, I feel like, you know, they're finally, you know, getting this elephant and out of the room because we know the history between Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Adam Cole. They have been significant others for a very long time, even when they were both, you know, in different organizations, referenced on Up, Up, Down, Down, and now they're both in the same organization. So I feel like they're going to at least do a better version of, like, the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch thing where it's not going to be forced down our throats and they're trying to force everything to be between them two. But I like that they're finally getting this out in the open. I think she makes obviously a great heel dynamic when it comes to, you know, you have Chris Stantlander with the best friends, have Britt Baker with, you know, the super click slash red dragon slash Paragon, mm-hmm. whatever this is going to be. So I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, these are four. Are you keeping track of all these factions, man? I need to have a, a checklist going now because there's so many that are happening. And they even said it, they even called themselves out on it before last week saying, all right, it's all about factions here in AEW anyway. So you got to be part of the right group. And now, you know, obviously with the Paragon Super Click, the Super Paragon, I don't know what they're going to be calling themselves, but I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, I'm Not so much I wasn't sure about this women's trios match that we're getting on, and that's what they brought in Chris mm-hmm. Atlander, Red Velvet, uh, and Layla Hirsch. So they try to, like, shoehorn in her, you know, to the show, too, just to get another. Oh, we're shoehorning people into the show? Just to keep us, oh, yeah, they're going to have a match on, you know, Friday for then Chris Atlander to have another match on Wednesday. So they're just trying to, you know, keep as many people on TV, keep these storylines going. And I guess this is one way of doing it. But I do like that they actually formally acknowledge Dr. Baker and Adam Cole because I think they could be a great, you know, couple if they have to do some sort of kind of like mixed match challenge that we got in WWE. They're a solid team. They could be a solid, you know, I can see them being a power couple sooner than later once they give Adam Cole one of the titles, whichever one it happens to be. Uh, let's talk about this main event. So I know we'll start with the beginning and the end, and we'll kind of pick up the, the other pieces there. Uh, main event was the interim, interim TNT championship defended on TBS. How, mm-hmm. Can can it can it only be defended on TNT? Um, I know I'm getting in semantics. I'm being silly. <laughs> D- that does not matter. That it really doesn't matter. The channel doesn't matter. <laughs> there's, there's been dumber things on the internet this week than that argument. Uh, so we have Sammy Guevara, who just won that uh, recently. 
uh, due to Cody Rhodes being out of, out of action with COVID. We don't know when he'll be back. He is the champion, so they'll have to settle that. And it's uh, against Daniel Garcia, who's been absolutely fantastic. I thought he had a great match. I thought this was definitely the match of the show. Mm-hmm. I thought Punk and Wardlow had a great match because it told a great story. This was a great physical performance in the ring in terms of getting that story led and over. But then, uh, you know, you have Garcia going at him and at him and nearly beating him and beating him and beating him. And then uh, Team 2.0, which is Garcia's corner, his faction, they run out to the ring and all this different stuff. Early on in the night, it sets up Sam- somehow Eddie Kingston wants to be in Sammy Guevara's corner. All right. Big Eddie Kingston from, from New York. But Sammy Guevara is an inner circle. So Chris Jericho's back in action. He has beef with Team 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, so he needs to be in his corner. But Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston says, why Why are you in the inner circle? Why is Sammy Guevara in the inner circle? You shouldn't be in the inner circle, you guys. It, it, I'm trying to tell you what's going on in this show. <laughs> and I've been watching all eight since it started. This had, I, I, I get the storyline, but saying it out loud, am I wrong? I'm not trying to be like a boo bird or deride this had to be the most confusing television show that I think they've put on in a while. And I think because it's you had the post-match and all these different things. You forgot what happened because there's a million people in the ring. Jericho's hitting people with baseball bats. Eddie Kingston can't hit someone. It's a face-off. They're going to do Eddie versus Chris at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's cool. It's a means to an end. But the means tonight were like kind of all over the place. It just seems like you know, what we were talking about before the show is they, they're trying to keep all these pieces in play for whenever they decide to come up with these different views. Like you said, like at first it was Chris Jericho versus 2.0 and Danny Garcia because they attacked him and they took him off the TV for a little bit. And then of course you have Eddie Kingston who gets him because, you know, they attacked him and Ortiz on one of the shows. So he still has beef with Danny Garcia. And now instead of the, you know, the friend or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's the complete opposite when it comes to Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. They both have the common enemy, but at the same time, they don't like getting each other's business. And then, of course, when you have the history between Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz and LAX, and I'm basically feeling like Jericho is holding him back, you're causing all these different reasons across different timelines to keep coming up with these feuds without really handling one or the other. So you just had Sammy versus Danny Garcia. You had Jericho attack him as well as Eddie Kingston attack, and then they attack each other. So it's just... Trying to set up, like you said, the the means to an end with having Jericho versus Eddie Kingston because that's a matchup that we you know haven't seen before, which could be a very interesting one. But you're doing it in a way that's roundabout, that's crossing multiple paths. So, you know what? I guess instead of just a common, you know, straight, hey, you bumped into me, you spilled my coffee, we're gonna start a feud. They're trying to force ways to have these feuds, and it looks like that's what Danny Garcia is. He just happens to be this nexus point that's gonna cause. Jericho versus Eddie Kingston somewhere down uh, somewhere down the road. What else do you want to cover on this week's Dynamite before we give it the old one to ten rating? Oh, uh, so we did have possibly the next opponent for Hangman Adam Page in his AEW World Heavyweight Championship in Lance Archer. So I thought it was great that uh, it's a new year, so Hangman is asking for a new opponent. You know, the record's completely reset, so he's looking for somebody new. Dan Lambert with whatever deal that he signed with Tony Khan comes out again and talks about the old school Cowboys versus what the Cowboy that the new school Hangman's Cowboys, trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but Hangman, of course. He, just, he had to do all of his old school references. All the references. Wrestling. I know my wrestling people, so he had to bring in yeah. Stan Hansen. And he, and Dan Lambert's legitimately a wrestling fan. Like, you could tell what it is. But there are there is this vocal, I don't want to say majority, 
minority, but there's this vocal segment of the audience that, that loves AEW that hates this guy. I mean, just hates him. And I think part of it is the generational stuff, like the line that really hit them. Maybe people go, ooh, when they said, you're a walking Facebook profile, like as if that's a boomer thing, like that, that, that kind of, I don't want to call it cheapy, but like that cheap pop you get from just saying, I'm Gen Z and you're this, <laughs> you know, like, like, like that, like that, that type of thing, uh, which is, that's already played out. <laughs> like, like, but, but it worked. It worked. I'm just saying in pop culture, I think it's already played out. So yeah. that, that back and forth was interesting. And then Lance Archer hits the ring and Lance Archer should want to beat up Dan Lambert because the last time they were in the ring, like this guy nearly helps you get paralyzed with the team he was in there with, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he's saying that no, 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 you shouldn't be. You're in the ring with the the champion. The champ, you should go after. <laughs> so, uh, big man does. Lance Archer, the big big man Lance Archer. I've been around Lance. He's a very very big dude. Turns around mm-hmm. and then just wallops Hangman, and then gives him a so brutal blackout. blackout on a chair. This was brutal, and the blackout's crazy because you get to see what's going to happen. You kind of it's like a reverse <laughs> razor edge. Look at it. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to throw you off a cliff, but I want to show you the cliff as I do it. Uh, and it was pretty gnarly. It was wild. So you're getting Lance Archer versus Hangman. Um, I fear Archer is going to be the gatekeeper guy. Like he's going to be the, the transitional challenger, not even the transitional champion. Yeah. And I felt like he got he got in that position like, hey, you're a veteran. But we're not, we're not like, like, yeah. like, 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 that's what it feels like. And I, I don't mean that disparagingly. I think there's more you could do with him, but Hey, he's in the champion. He's in the ring with the champion. This is really exciting. I know it seems like I'm boobering it, but it was just so all over the place because Lambert's out there. He's not out there with page and sky. Where are they? Why are they? Why is he by himself? All right. Is that a COVID issue? So there's just like all these different things. There's like all these, I'm I'm wrong. Like I have ADD, but like (laughs) I've been able to follow wrestling my whole life. Like there was just a lot going on. A lot of storylines being thrown at you. (laughs) Everything that just got going. Like, you know, like they're simmering, they're blowing. They're like, now, like, you're making soup, right? You're making soup. You don't just turn the heat up right away. All right, you boil it up, get it going to a boil. All right, now we put in the spices. Okay, we let this go for a while. And now, now, now we eat, right? Yeah. This was just like spices, 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 spices. Like, turn out the heat. All right, we got to get everything on TV, 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 TV. They did four yeah. hours of TV in two hours. That's what it felt like. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's a good analogy in the kitchen. Like, you're trying to prepare all these different courses when you could have fixed on just like, you know, three or four or five solid parts of the meal. Instead, you're trying to make 10 different appetizers, the main course and all these side dishes. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to digest it all. It's How many hard to sit down and eat it were all. There? How many like yeah. post-match people fighting in the ring, not a match things were there tonight? Every, every single one, whether it was just the same storyline with Serena Deeb attacking Hikarushida after she got the win, attacking her And that, that was supposed to be a match. That was more or less an angle. That wasn't really yeah. a match. That was more, I'm going to attack you before the match. The bell's going to ring. And I'm going to keep like attacking you. She like taking Sheeta off of TV for a little bit. So you advertise something in this ongoing series, which became more of a match, which I get. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But on a show like this, which so much people fighting and it's not a match which are just angles, right? They did that for they did it for the Bucks and Paragon or the Undisputed Boys and Super Friends. They did that for the final segment of the show. They did that with uh, – I think they did it with almost every match on the show. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, because the, the Matt Hardy versus Penta match, Penta won, and then that's when the Malachi Black came out. That's when Varsity Blondes came out. That's when Brody King got his official debut laying out the Varsity Blondes and Penta and Sado Miedo. Uh, we – also essentially had the same thing with the tag team match. So not only do we have the brand new AEW tag team champions, Jurassic Express uh, coming out with the open challenge, which 
out of all people, Dark Order Group 2, so John Silver and Alex Reynolds are the ones challenging for the AEW Championships on Friday. We had the Acclaimed, who are the number one ranked tag team, get the win over Bear Country. And guess what happened after that match? There was an attack by Darby Allen and Sting because they had called them out in that rap. So we're going to get a few between the Acclaimed, Sting? Sting, and Darby Allen. I'm not saying that's not cool, but guys, they did the <laughs> same dance wow. you just saw. Like this, people happens, and this guy comes out. Then this, yeah. way, then this comes out, and and then here's the the problem I have with it. Who's over? Who's over in this whole thing? Everyone's there. There's 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 pops. I'm not saying people are quiet. Crowd mm-hmm. wasn't quiet, but like that last week show was so good. It was so good. There for a purpose. For the and debut of TBS, focused, it was there. It was focused and so good. This felt like like we're waiting for some cool things to happen. And I wonder how much COVID affected them, but they still had a lot of big names on this show. Mm-hmm. You still had Jericho on the show. You still had, you still had Sting on the show. You still had Kingston. You still had the Bucks. You the Bucks say they had COVID recently, right? Okay, so, two days. <laughs> all right. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's, not, that's not how that works. Uh, no, I don't know how that works, bud. <laughs> so, Sorry, Matt. No. <laughs> that's not science. <laughs> you you don't get this. Uh, you don't get to uh, super kick a, a respiratory infection. I don't think that happens there, but exactly. Um, so they have this. I I I, I we're Victor Nash. Don't forget about Brody King, first member of the House of Black, coming. I kept like, here's the thing, Victor. I'm not going to forget about it. But it's easy to forget about it when they're doing There's a million so things. much stuff in it. it. It didn't stand alone as its own big moment. Like, holy crap. All right. We all kind of speculated because we know the history between Malachi and Brody. But make it something big as opposed to, like you said, Penta. every single match had this run in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't feel special. No. Now it's just like, okay, so he's the person that's running in on this match. Oh, cool. It's a debut. But now you're just foregoing this for the storyline that's going on between, you know, Penta, uh, Ray Phoenix with Malachi with Varsity Blonde versus Malachi. You're just show, again shoehorning him in as opposed to making it feel special, make it feel meaningful. It's going consequential, to, I'm sure. But at this point, you like you said, every single match, which I didn't even notice that until you pointed out, every single match had this running segment. Even with like Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante Martin, it was Jay Lethal that came out. So like every single match had something like this. It didn't. It didn't feel special. It didn't feel consequential. No. So you had matches with clean finishes, but we still have to get a post-match segment. The post-match so you did Pentagon and Matt Hardy. So Matt Hardy's on a little bit of a losing streak. He's got this HFO group, and he loses clean. He he took some hard bumps. Took some hard bumps. That pile driver at the end looked brutal. All right? And he missed that, uh, that, that moonsault and landed hard. Yeah. Oh, it looked rough. And Pentagon beats him. And then Pentagon calls out Malachi Black for attacking him. And the lights go out. Malachi Black's there, and he attacks Mal- uh, Pentagon's manager. And then here come the Varsity Blondes, and because the Varsity Blondes are mad at Malachi Black, are you confused? And so we already have two different people that are mad at, at Varsity Blondes. So who's going to save Malachi? Who's going to save the heel? Lights go out again, and here comes Ring of Honor Monster Brody King, big big star on the independent oh, circuit. Man, all right, but here's the issue. I want you to tell me where this debut ranks in terms of impact, in terms of consequence, in terms of being meaningful, uh, when you have a character who is very big. Big men 
in AEW stand out because they have a lot of cruiserweight talent. Lance yeah. Archer, Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante had a great match. I thought it was oh, a yeah. very, very fine match, right? Um, tonight. Fine. Nothing fantastic, but fine, right? Uh, good dynamic. You know, the big guys stand out. Lance yeah. Archer stood out, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Brody King debuts, wrecks everybody, right? But there's just a million things going on where it just didn't, you couldn't get the camera to focus on him long enough. Because we have to get a million people on this show. I, I was, I, I was let down by this show. I was let down, especially after last week. I was let down by it. But I, I wanted to like it too. That's another. Thing. It's like I want to like the show. It's yeah. really good. Uh, there were some highlights before we give the rating. Though I enjoyed that Pac promo. Yeah, uh, this the they did with him. Yeah. Uh, he's like, "Hello, Mister Bastard. I'm sorry, you're blind." Uh, <laughs> and uh, and he has the justice card. So there's some cool storytelling. It's not all bad. I think this is hopefully just a bump in the road. Um, and Stephen Chambers saying the crowd yawned on the acclaimed Bear Country match. Uh, yeah, they, they had a lighter crowd tonight, but I still thought they were on board with it. Uh, the 1 to 10, what do you give it, Rico, before we get into WWE NXT, which oh, had some big news. We have some big news to cover about NXT before we even get into reviewing it. Yeah, the hard part is, like again, coming off of last week's after the TBS debut and all the championship matches that they had, like it's going to be hard to live up to that one. Uh, so overall, I'm gonna give it a like a seven point five. I uh, just because seven point five. Yeah, just and, and generous. I'm, I'm gonna be generous. Uh, just because again, they are setting up a lot of these storylines going forward, which are gonna be some interesting matchups. Like at the end of the day, it's gonna be Jurassic Express. They're gonna beat John Silver and, and I'm ex- uh, Alex uh, Reynolds. I, I it's will, gonna be a good match. I uh, I have other people see giving it a seven here and a seven five. I'm giving the show a six, just because there was so there was so money for you. Too muddy, yeah. just too muddy, and uh, and there was so many good things. There's so many great talents in the show and good things, but nothing got to like sit and resonate. You know, mm-hmm. nothing got to sit on the plate before they threw another uh, splash of salt on it. And I do think that is the difference. The strength of AEW is oh, it's different from WWE. They feature a lot of fresh talent, right? They feature a lot of people. They don't do oh. SmackDown, you're gonna have multiple segments with Roman Reigns. He's the most popular wrestler in the world. They're gonna do multiple segments, and, and people complain about that. Like, I like Roman Reigns. I just don't want to see so much of him, right? And yeah. it's that balance, right? With AEW, it's there's no balance. There's there's let's, let's get everyone on as much as we can, as much as we can, as much as we can. And this lays into the stuff that Big Swole said about. I'm not like expressing all the social justice, uh, racial equity issues that she brought up. I'm not bringing that. I'm bringing up structure. Okay, there, there, there needs to be storyline structure. You need someone to say no, <laughs> like you need someone to say no. Like this segment, it, this backstage promo, we can do this online. Mm-hmm. All right, and I know that seems dismissive, but that's a part of it. You know, that's a part of that's part of telling the story. And I think you let some things kind of sit there. Let's see what fans are saying. Uh, Victor's giving it a seven. Uh, Steve is with us all the time. Thank you so much. Give us a seven five. Uh, and uh, John Castro saying, oh, look at this. John Castro saying, uh, I'm to pull up this uh, segment here. Uh, he goes, hard to find. Hard to find, y'all. Need to add the new page. You know, John, I agree. I agree. Uh, seven, uh, only because of Brody. Only because of Brody. Ricky gives it because of that. Uh, Which, and as you're, yeah, as you're going through the scores, and you bring up a really good point. Like It seems like they're trying to put in so much four hours of television in two hours. Kind of take a step back and take the Lucha Underground approach or the old NXT approach where 
every storyline didn't have to be addressed every single week. You can take one yeah. week well, in between yeah. each one and you can spread especially, it out. Like, especially with the COVID stuff, I think fans kind of are a little bit more okay. accepting yeah. of things right like that now. Like uh, even to a degree with some of the things with WWE, I think some fans have been accepting of that. I think they'll be accepting of that. And that's just the world we're in. You know, that's just the world we're in. And and uh, and hopefully we can get through all this. That that isn't me wishing any bad on anybody. Uh, all wrestling is a great show. It's a game changing show. Uh, I just they've had better shows. I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think that's a controversial thing. Some people say you can't say it's bad. Don't say it's bad. Not to mention they still have plenty of talent. Because think about it, all of all this that we saw. We only had one women's match and the segment with Brit, uh, Dr. Britt Baker and DMD and Chris Statlander. They didn't touch on anybody else. We have a brand new TBS champion. Which no, they had a video package we did get the Jay promo Argo. with the women. We did get the promo with the women backstage, but there was like three of them on at one time arguing with each other. Hmm. We already had multiple segments with factions arguing with each other, so we got another version of something else you saw on the show. So, like, like everyone's trying to outdo the like. If everyone does the Macarena, everyone's just doing the Macarena. Like, 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 like. In terms, we're all trying to do the same dance. We're all trying to do. Does that make sense? Does that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be like too bitchy because I know people say oh, I'm just the WWE guy, and and the problem is I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for it now. I'm this I'm gonna ask for it, Rico. We're jumping in NXT, NXT 2.0. The experiment that is the show is is settled in as we learn some big backstage news before we get into this week's show. Uh, big changes at the creative end of NXT 2.0. We had all of these firings over the weekend, which were devastating, I think, to a lot of hardcore fans of WWE and NXT in particular, with William Regal, Samoa Joe, Road Dog Jesse James, and Gabe Sapolsky, all in the backstage element of uh, NXT being let go, along with Timothy Thatcher and Danny Burch, who were also kind of moved into coach positions mm-hmm. in the last few months. They were no longer really regarded as talent. Uh, it's kind of strange because Samoa Joe, you're letting him go for the second time in nine months and in, in between that time when you brought him back you also made him a champion for uh a cup of coffee so a bummer a bummer uh coming off the new year's evil show because i thought the new year's evil show was productive and good and did some good things for the brand and you go into this show but i will say this this week's nxt was still a good show I thought this was a, a fun show there's some stuff on it that was kind of meh but uh the the, the wow the wow was very wow the man was light mess light mess light mess not not too heavy in the mess. Um, what do you think of the backstage uh, creative changes here? We have people let go. Now, just a couple days later, we're also learning uh, about different people being moved from Raw and SmackDown into prime positions. Uh, Russo, no relation to to our own Vince Russo. Uh, now the lead writer of that show has been with WWE since 2011. So this isn't a guy who's new to the system. Dewey Foley is being put into a, a writing role as well. He's been handling 205 Live. He's been in the WWE writing creative d- departments for years now. Uh, and you have Bruce Pritchard kind of overseeing the whole thing here. Uh, you also still have plenty of agents that are still there from before, maybe because they weren't Triple H hires. You know, the whole thing is they wanted to get rid of the Triple H regime here. But now it is a WWE show that is called NXT. But a lot of fans, just another reminder that this is not the black and gold. Yeah. So this is obviously the direction going forward. It's far removed from the super indie that it mm-hmm. felt like under regime of Triple H. And of course, just like you mentioned with the changes in writing. So it seems like the whole thing has been more streamlined. So now uh, before NXT used to be its own little bubble within WWE with its own producers, its own writers. And they basically went through Triple H as opposed to going through Vince McMahon and somebody else. Now it looks like it is going to also filter through Bruce Pritchett. So it's streamlining the whole process. It's clearly now developmental as opposed to being its own brand like Black and Gold was. 
The one thing that I do hope that is a benefit from this is that there will be less of a disconnect when they move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Because whenever it happened to be, you know, whoever you were in NXT, that's great. You could be the NXT champion, but you come over to SmackDown and you're going to be wearing a gladiator helmet and you're going to lose to Jeff Hardy for no reason. So I think now, instead of coming up with something new, since they're already developing that personality and that gimmick in NXT 2.0, when they do decide to call him up for Raw and SmackDown, it's not a surprise to Vince. It's not a surprise to Bruce Richard because they actually put their faith and their power behind them. So when they come up, you're not going to pretend like NXT doesn't exist anymore. You're not going to have to you're, start from uh, brand zero. You're seeing you're seeing a long-term, deeper connection between NXT with the other shows, is what you're saying. Yeah, because I feel like that's going to be the future. Like You know someone like Braun Breaker is going to come up to Raw or SmackDown much sooner rather than later. Like, okay. You're going to have these developed talents where you don't have to create something new when they switch over from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. They will reference you. They were the NXT champion, and this is how they came up. That's how I feel now that it's going to be streamlined through the same process for Raw and SmackDown with NXT. I think there's going to be less of that disconnect, so it should make it for a smoother transition. Now, does it mean that all of these call-ups are going to go great? No, it doesn't because it's, again, still different from developmental to the mainstream where you have you know thousands of people watching as opposed to just a, you know the CWC. But I do think it's going to, in the long run, when they start producing those kinds of talents that are homegrown, like we saw with you know the FCW class you know with uh, Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, once you develop those kind of talents, it's going to be that easier transition because they're brought up in the same way that they've been wanting to develop them as opposed to you're super, you know, you're popular, you have your own brand on the indies, we're bringing you to NXT, show you the WWE style, mm-hmm. kind of have to break you down. And then, oh, so when we bring you to Raw and SmackDown, guess what? We can't license your name or your brand anyway, so you're going to get a new gimmick and a new name and new something because NXT doesn't really exist here. I think it's going to be different going forward, and I hope this is better in the long run when it comes to these newer talents that are going to get established. Uh, let's get into the big story from this week's NXT, the main event, Grace and oh, Walla man. finally getting this anticipated match with AJ Styles. They've built up to this for quite some time and we got the match. Hell of a match. Hell of a match. This is the, what you wanted out of it. You want a Grayson Waller, the young upstart who's just starting crap with everybody and certainly gotten into <laughs> it with AJ Styles recently to really get baby face AJ Styles going. All right. And you didn't need to do it on Raw, and you didn't need to do it on SmackDown. You did it on NXT, and you get the rub of the credibility of AJ Styles has built up over the years. Of course, they love him in Florida. He spent many years there with Impact, and you could tell that studio audience at the CWC was on board with it. Uh, Steven Chambers saying, great match. I absolutely agree. I think it was one of the best matches of the week so far in terms mm-hmm. of television. We'll see how SmackDown does this uh, coming up here this Friday and Impact here on Thursday. Uh, I got to say that this was really good. This was what it, uh, AJ Styles winning made complete sense. Big final uh, forearm. Uh, couldn't hit him with other moves, but he got him with the forearm. Got him on, nearly tapped him out. Uh, but every time Waller looked like he was out, he came back with something. When he did that jump through the ropes, roll into a leaping stunner, I thought that was very impressive. Yeah. Great stuff here. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of iffy about Grayson Waller. A lot of people saying, well, he doesn't have a... I've heard some people say this. He only has 9,000 Twitter followers. So how is he supposed to be over? I heard somebody say that. And I was like, I get it. But this guy has something. And if NXT now is supposed to make stars, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's made, but he's a bigger star than he was before Tuesday night. Grayson Waller, much more significant player who can play bigger plays and hit bigger parts and play more significant roles of consequence mm-hmm. uh, here than he did before. And uh, and Styles wins. Styles declares himself for the Rumble. 
Styles has some momentum now going into the Rumble. He goes back to Monday Night Raw. He's a different guy. He's not the guy who was in this tag team with Omos. He's a veteran. You know, No, he's AJ Styles. He's phenomenal again. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. Everyone wins. Yes, Styles pinned him, but Grayson Waller won because he got to be have a main event with AJ Styles and look really, really good and hold himself down. And I thought this was very, very strong. Of the stuff they've done, even separate from New Year's Evil, it was one of the best storylines they've had since they changed the show. And you, you got a bigger star on this. Not saying he's the biggest, but you can't tell me he's not a bigger star. And also, he delivered on the parts he was supposed to play. You know, he got football. He got the route. Quarterback gave him the ball. He, he scored a touchdown. He took the ball and ran with it. And they've been setting up this play for such a long time with giving him the most amount of screen time as anybody else on NXT 2.0 in the last month, showing that they have, you know, they see something special in Grayson Waller. And then you do the right thing of using the right talent to, again, float between Raw and NXT because Grayson Waller did show up in mm-hmm. AJ Styles' match. So it got people to pay attention to, oh, Who's this guy that's over here attacking AJ Styles? Oh, oh I, I AJ skip Styles NXT. NXT. Wait, wait, wait. Styles is having a big one-on-one match? Let me go and check, check out this let NXT. Let me check this NXT because AJ Styles is going to be there. The phenomenal yeah. one. And he's going up against this kid. They do the same thing with Rampage. CM Punk mm-hmm. was on there. The big name on the big name on a show. Let's do. Let's feature him in a match. Let's get somebody the rub from this. And also, yeah. Waller didn't need to win. No. <laughs> he didn't need to win this match. He what didn't he need did, to win. What he needed to do is do what he did, is have a solid match with a true veteran in AJ Styles. And like you said, everybody wins now because it was a perfect timing with, again, all this TV time setting up being him the, the top heel. But then you show that he can do it in the ring also. You can put him up against an AJ Styles and he can deliver on that match. And then, yeah, just like what Christopher Ryan Cooper is saying here, after the match, AJ Styles putting him over and said, Wally, you're good, but you're not phenomenal. So he still got that huge rub from the phenomenal AJ Styles, which of course led to AJ saying, oh, but by the way, I do have a friend that uh, still has some unfinished business with you. Yeah? Yeah. Bringing out LA Knight, attacking him, you know, a little, little TNA, a little friendly. They you know, did, buddy, I did. Buddy. You got to admit for the Florida audience, they did a little wink, 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 nudge, nudge. You guys know yeah. we we're in Impact together. You guys know what's up. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's one of those for the for the crowds that, that know about it, a little bit of history of uh, Eli Knight. So, yeah, I thought this was a perfect use of that talent. Again, crossing between uh, Raw and, and NXT, and he solidified himself as one of the pillars of NXT 2.0. Now you have Braun Breaker as the uh, new NXT champion, and you have Grayson Waller, who is arguably the best heel that they have right now with that nice run from AJ Styles. So they have some really good potential and talent going on forward for the NXT 2.0. Uh, loved it. Good stuff. Uh, interesting to see uh, how NXT will play into the Rumble. I know people are asking about that. No one really declared themselves for the Rumble just yet. I do think the NXT names will kind of be like pop up, night of type. Champa and, Champa and uh, Dunn. <laughs> uh, people say Champa and Peter Dunn. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Tommaso Champa vignettes kind of recouping him losing the NXT championship the week before. Braun Breaker, part of the opening of the show, kind of short and sweet for him. Not not a big, like, hey, come out, hold the belt type scenario after him winning it last week. Just a nice short little segment mentioning, of course, the, the moment between Champa and his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. His dad, of course, you know, shaking Champa's hand and coming out to the ring to celebrate with Braun Breaker. I thought it was really great. So, yeah, this is what you need from Braun Breaker. Don't give him too much mic time. Just let him be the, the strong, dominant champ that he is and wait for the next opponent because, as of now, he doesn't really have anybody challenging him yet. Um, interesting stuff throughout the show as well. We got this big grudge match here between, um, the wonderful 
uh, Tony D'Angelo, who's very got, who's very much coming together as a character in terms of cartoon characters that come off the screen. That's what people didn't like about this wave of NXT. They've everyone has a character. He has a character. He's over. All right, mm-hmm. but he's a heel, so it's kind of confusing. And he's building building up to this crowbar match with Pete Dunn because he attacked him with a crowbar and tried to break his hand. And something on a pole match always seems kind of confusing to people, or at least yeah. there's a level of like gimmickry de- desperation because you get the thing, and then if you you, you can use it, right? Yeah. My thing is like, all right, but let's just get it down there and start using it, and then like do something with it. And that's where I thought this match got creative. Whoever was the producer said, we shouldn't just tease you guys trying to go up and grab the crowbar off a pole match. It should be, let's get that. That's the midpoint. That's the middle of the match. We get that. And now who's going to be able to do different things to the crowbar that mm-hmm. ends the other guy? Because they kept taking punishment with a crowbar. And they Can't also tried off, to bring yeah. in a, 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 a chair. And the referee's like, no, only the yeah, crowbar. The crowbar is- <laughs> Which is just. It's silly wrestling logic, right? Sure. Um, they did some really cool stuff with a crowbar. <laughs> like it was really creative. Pete Dunn is a creative, violent man. Yeah. But uh, the neck breaker with the smashing of the throat uh, and several other brutal manures, and they almost did submissions with it as well. I thought this is really creative stuff. Tony D'Angelo gets the biggest win of his NXT career and beats Pete Dunn. Though I think it's okay, Pete Dunn. You got hit in the face with a crowbar. They did all these moves with it, but it only takes a one the solid one crack to the face. That's all it takes. Sometimes all it takes with a crowbar. Don't, in order to and the thing is, it worked. Simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was simple. It made yeah. the gimmick, the gimmick delivered on the gimmick. The storyline worked for the storyline. The, like the, the bad guy got to be really, really bad. Right. By the end of it, I think less people were saying, Hey, they're more like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Angelo. Uh, I liked that. I thought this was good. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, it was entertaining. It really solidified himself. Really. He is the heel. Like if mm-hmm. we weren't sure about it, like this is, solidifying him being a heel and now he has his own shtick too so you know like triple h with the sledgehammer now we got tony d'angelo with the crowbar so we know that whenever it gets serious in any of the fuse that he has going forward when the crowbar comes out it's getting real it's getting serious you know he's about to put somebody six feet on this swimming with the fishes you know so it adds to his character and it's good to see even though he is as heelish as he is the crowd is still over because it's a character it's a character people understand. They can get behind fans. Are, I guess people are still fans of The Sopranos and Good and the Goodfellas and Godfather and all this stuff. You, you get where he's coming from, uh, so it's easy to digest. So it's just fun to see what they how they continue to play up with him uh, when it comes to you know what he's going to do going forward. Because essentially, he got the win over the vet, and this could potentially be possibly Pete Dunne's last match in NXT. If, you know what's the trend has been going forward, so. Wouldn't be surprised if we do see Pete Dunne show up on the Royal Rumble and eventually on Raw or SmackDown because I don't see much else for him to do on NXT. Unless I want him to go for the title again, but they've done that a couple of times and he didn't and win he's it. Never win it. So yeah. send him up. To, send him up to Raw or SmackDown. I agree right. with you. Send him up. Uh, so let's let's get into this. This was something I didn't expect people to be talking about nearly as much as they did uh, coming up on NXT. NXT's trying to make these new characters. And a lot of them are, can be like Tony D'Angelo at first was kind of silly and goofy and they've gotten them a little bit more serious with this gimmick. Right. And uh, Waller is just a braggadocious guy, you know, Tion Shaw was supposed to be this mythical witch Man. from, from Asia. Yeah. And that character's done away with. And the female performer portraying her 
goes complete 360 and is presented behind commentary a few months, like maybe a month ago, as someone falling asleep in the audience. And I remember there were people just saying there's someone sleeping on TV and there's like AEW memes. AEW would never have this. And NXT has people falling asleep in their audience. And I, and I remember thinking like, oh, if that's somebody and that's how they present their character, that's really, really clever. In terms of like, all right, you want to cram someone in, just put them in the background yeah. completely, literally make them a background player. Yep. And then they slowly start to introduce her in these backstage segments. And I was kind of like, it wasn't confusing, but it was vague what Wendy Chu was going to be. Mm-hmm. And her thing is she's just sleepy and kind of like it on paper. It shouldn't work. <laughs> you, know, you know, like it shouldn't work. Her whole gimmick is she comes out. And she's sleepy and she has her drink and she's in her PJs and she has her sleep mask on and she's coming out with, with Indy Artwell and Portia uh, to take on, to take on. Like, yeah, Kate it was Zaro. Ken Zaro, Caden Carter, I didn't pay and attention Amari to Miller. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying anything to Amari Miller this whole match is about Wendy too. Cause yeah. it was like, this is her debut in a six man, not a one-on-one. I would have preferred this a one-on-one. Cause I think the gimmick would have popped a little bit more. Um, but if you would have told me the character, was, I'm sleepy. <laughs> like it's, is it too goofy for you? Is it just enough goofy? What do you think? She wrestled in pajamas. She's doing German suplexes and belly to bellies and like all this different stuff. But then when she goes to pin someone, she, she <laughs> sleeps on them to actually get the pin. This is my spirit animal right here. Like, I completely get where Wendy Chu is coming from. Like, I would want to be the most comfortable person in that ring, too. I think the reason why was, it worked. She had a blanket on the apron. That's why I think the work being a six, uh, six-woman six tag match as opposed to being a one-on-one, because that's what it was. Like, whenever she wasn't yeah. in the match, she could lay down on a blanket. She'd a recharge. A little, yeah, recharge. a little Corsica, a little turvis over here, just taking a nice little sip from it. But then when she got in the ring, she used all her uh, sleepiness as defense like she was able to like stretch and yawn her way out of her clothesline like she was able to really turn the switch and i think this is wwe's version uh you know play on our on orange cassidy yeah. but the whole thing is orange cassidy is somebody who doesn't care Wendy Chu is just somebody that's tired it's don't like one of us like us older generation we're all tired, tired all the time the last three years so the I'm pandemic com- we're just tired i completely understand where she's coming from oh I'm in a sleeping bag. Oh, you need me to be in a match? Sure. I'll take my sleeping bag out there. I'll take my blanket out there. That's fine. And then I'll just be in there when I need to be. So I thought this was an interesting way of doing it. Yes, it is a complete 180 from the main I will say there had. is a ceiling on a character like this. Yeah, she's not going to be like NXT Women's Champion. For that. No, but there is a ceiling on a character like this. Speaking of the NXT Women's Champion, we got not just one, but two segments with Mandy Rose reminding you that she is a very attractive woman and that she is also the NXT women's champion. One of those segments was her doing a photo shoot by a pool and uh, let's use the resources and time of NXT television to tell people that I'm hot and I take photos of my championship by a pool. And this was, this was a segment. And then we did another one where she's backstage taking more pictures of herself, looking gorgeous, wearing the championship and they had a photo shoot set up later on in the show. Kaylee Ree wrecks this so we're doing kaylee ray and mandy rose and it's kind of the direction we're going in mm-hmm. um means to an ends right and the means the rhyme and the matter i get the rhyme and all those segments that were kind of annoying with her leading up to kaylee ray mattered okay and they didn't touch 
and they weren't even in the room together. But the storyline is clear. Kaylee Ray's like, I'm not here to be a hottie with a body. You know, I'm here to kick people's ass, win championships, and and be what I was in the UK and be that now in the States. Mm-hmm. And Mandy Rose was, I'm a diva that's a champion. Like, I'm going to be yeah. the anti-NXT, which people are like, oh, you can't do that. You that, that No, that's not what. That's exactly what you need. That is exactly what you need. You need somebody who you can say is disingenuous, and I'm not saying Mandy Rose is, but portrays it convincingly. You know, the idea is the rub on her is, oh, she's just the Instagram model that's in NXT, right? She's just that. She's earned her stripes. You know, I'm not saying she's the best wrestler, but as a character, she is playing this perfectly in the environment that she's in. I actually think her and Kaylee Ray are a very, very good combination. Better than her in these multi-man situations. I think she'll actually come out really well in this. Yeah, if somebody's going to make her look good, whether she wins or you know drops the title to Kayla Ray, Man, is Mandy going to make Kaylee look good? Yeah, I, th- I think it could be the other way around in terms of those promos and stuff like that. I think Mandy Mandy's a hell of a hand on the microphone. She's really mm-hmm. starting to figure out how to find that camera when she cuts a promo and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's very very hard for people to do, and some people figure that out, and that's the game they play, and they get a lot out of it. And Mandy is doing. Hey, let's be let's be frank. She's a gorgeous woman, and if if, oh, if they use that and play it in the right way. And at the same time, she's improved in the ring dramatically. Like the, the, the those those running knee strikes she's doing looks really really slick, uh, and she's doing things in the ring that portray what she can do physically convincingly. Right? You're not going to have her do something she can't do. ECW hide the weaknesses, portray the strengths. That's what this is, you know. Mm-hmm. And develop people out of it. And Kaylee Ray's a mean, tough chick from the streets. Uh, with a Scottish accent, who's going to beat her accent into you, you know? And I, I'm liking it. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see where this goes. NXT overall, cohesive show, fun. The stuff that was off was off. It was fine, whatever. Uh, you know, fireballs backstage. Wow, well, who expected that, right? <laughs> that was a crazy one with Boa and, and, and Solo Sakai, which I thought was cool. Some different stuff for him. This is the first time he's been vulnerable in anything. They've always made him look strong. Uh, some development. Now, the problem is, a lot of characters that people aren't invested in. You're asking me to do something with a lot of, you know, this is somewhere I really think the mistake that NXT made is letting too many of those people they had go or maybe bring more of an AJ Styles over from Ron Smackdown. If you're going to have them kind of float back and forth, I'd love an R-Truth on NXT. You know, I would love Cesaro would wreck the show. Oh, he would be perfect. You know have what I mean? Him- yeah, going going against Walter and then go against Braun Breaker. Like, yeah, the so dirty dogs, all that stuff. And there's some great comedy. Bring up Walter. They did another uh, segment with him and Imperium, who are still a group, even though they lost last week. I thought that was interesting. We have the Dusty Cup coming up, so a lot of different things. Thumbs up on NXT. I'm hoping uh, I'm going to give NXT this week solid seven out of ten. Solid seven out of ten. A strong show. Seek out Waller versus AJ Styles. One of the best matches of the week so far. So pretty uh, pretty strong offerings here on Tuesday and Wednesday. A uh, little bit of letdown from AEW, but I do think it's a bump in the road. I think they'll be a little bit more succinct. I do think there's some COVID issues there. It struck me as like some people that were in active storylines that would have had long matches or long segments were not there. So let's just get everybody else supporting cast people on too. So that was just my, uh, my take on it here. Um, yeah. Anything else to touch on before we sign off here? No, I was just going to say, if so it's kind of, yeah, I can see where like COVID can play a role in sort of like they just didn't really think far enough ahead with some of the situations, whether it's COVID or some of the it's injuries, so hard, like, though. It's, it's so you hard pre- with you yeah. can't predict how things are going to go. So I did mm-hmm. feel like, all right, let's at least get these storylines on TV just in case we need to, you know, we need to go this certain way or not. They put a lot of stuff out there. And honestly, I like what NXT did yesterday. Uh, I am 
I'm actually going to give it the same. I'm going to give it a 7.5 just because I think they did a lot of good things. I thought it was on par with AEW. Just AEW tried to do a little too much, but NXT did some good things with the Grayson Waller versus AJ Styles. Um, of course, we still got Joe Gacy and Harlan still going on. They lost to Inofe and Malik Blade uh, to disqualification, so they continue to work on that relationship between Joe Gacy and Harlan. Uh, I did like, again, Wendy Chu, even though it's far removed from the Karen Q that we saw in the Indies and the Mei Ying that we saw when it was Tian Sha. We'll see if this, you know, how this continues to develop uh, with her as a character. But I did like, you know, Cameron Grimes. He got a win uh, over Damian Kemp, uh, which he later on, after uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams had a promo in ring, uh, basically, again, just reminding everybody that uh, the numbers don't lie and Melo don't miss. Uh, as they were heading back to the car, Cameron Grimes was the one there. Apparently took uh, Carmelo Hayes' car out for some donuts. So now he's officially challenging Carmelo Hayes for the undisputed North American Cruiserweight Championship, even though it's just a North American Championship. So those, I think those that's start calling nice it match. the North American Championship soon. It's all right. Yeah, I just hope they combine them and fuse them together to make a cool belt. Uh, but you want a new as belt? of now, yeah, whatever you have undisputed belts, you know, it's cool that you have it unless you're going to purposely break them up apart again, which you're not going to because mm-hmm. 205 Live is basically out the window. Now they, need they, they need just new championships. They need new championship belts. NXT 2.0. Yeah, yeah no, it's NXT 2.0 thing. completely change the titles. Change it up. And I, they should. Yeah. They can do it with the Dusty Classic. Yeah. You know, Braun Breaker should get his own title at this point. Mandy Rose can use, you know. Do we have a destination for when the Dusty Classic ends? Do they designate that when that is yet? Not, not 100%. They just started. Uh, the first round is next week. We just mm-hmm. had a play-in match with Joe Gacy and Harlan versus, you know, yeah, like what's, and what's Belay. the take, what's the takeover end game that we're looking at here, you know? So, yeah. So it looks like the, the men's dusty club, dusty cup classic is going to be going for the next month or so. And then right after that, the women's it's going to be right after. So they're going to hold off on the women to do that next. So they're actually going to okay split them up. Cause last year when they did them both at the same time, it was kind of clunky. You're trying to put them all together, all these yeah. qualifications in the second round. No, it's and the men's, and then it's going to be the women's. Even though you have a tournament where matches, wins and losses, matches, it's a tournament, right? Yeah. Uh, it, that last year, I felt like they were on top of each other. It was kind of like w- one of them are just not going to get the spotlight. They're just getting it lost in the mix. Uh, I, pr- I prefer that idea. One. Yeah, they're going to give each one. And nice even backstage segment with MSK, last year's winners, looking at the cup. And, of course, Dakota Kai says, hey. I'm sorry. I was here. We won this last time too. Uh, but you don't put remember. that evil on us. Don't yeah. you put that evil on us, Dakota Kai. It's a stepbrothers uh, reference. No, that's a Talladega Knights reference. Yeah, nothing divides friendship more than success. And of course, with the whole thing with the shaman and trying to hit bring them over, and they were not able to be, you know, impair him for the title. So they won the six man tag, but they still haven't been able to get the titles from him yet. So who knows if that's gonna add some you know, a little bit of tension between MSK. But overall, I thought it was a solid show uh, all the way across the board. And you just ended it on a great note with having AJ Styles, nice rub on uh, Grayson Waller, and, of course, bringing back LA Knight. Yeah! So we'll continue that feud going forward. So pretty solid show. Um, Kind of surprising to say that NXT 2.0 in this version of the show, where it's really about developing new stars, was by a margin better <laughs> than AEW this week whereas AEW was all about keeping everything going you know it felt like let's hey all right so this person can't be here and this person can't be here but we have this because there's still a lot of big names on dynamite this week as we mentioned but uh, i just it was just clunky i wanted to like i wanted i'm not i'm not, I'm not taking this away from i wanted to like it more than i did i want you to. see that difference between you know when you're trying to have put all these big names on two hours of television 
as opposed to here on NXT. All right, you're focusing on developing these guys. This is who Tony D'Angelo is. This or is who Grayson Waller is. You know, or just use the yeah. vignettes to get the people over that that you don't have time for on TV. You know, and they did it with Jay. They did it with a handful of other people too. And I don't know. It just it just felt like too much. You know, just too much. And you're about, if if I didn't write anything down in notes, I would have forgot what happened on half the show. Uh, so that that's this part of what. And I don't want, like I said, I don't want to say it. You know, I, like I want to tell you the show is, ooh, you know. See, so got these matches. Enjoy. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for us. We will be back on the main channel. You can check us out on Sports Keto Wrestling. Do you follow us on that Facebook page? Uh, go ahead and follow us over there. Uh, you can follow uh, Rico. Where can they follow you, Rico? What are the handles for anybody? Oh, Rico El Glorioso, El Glorioso on all the socials, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. All right. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Kev Kellum. I am so busy, 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 busy. If you're in the Midwest, if you're in the greater uh, Illinois, Chicago, Northwest Indiana area, I will be at the Miller Beach Performance Center or Performance Theater. It sounds bigger than it actually is. It's, it's a very <laughs> humble theater. I'm not playing in this, this gigantic room, uh, but I'll be there this Friday. Uh, that is going down, uh, and I'll have links to that. Uh, January 22nd, Northwest Indiana, very good to me. Going to be opening up for Maryland Rice Cub. Uh, you may know her from uh, It's nice. Always Sunny and 24 on Fox. Going to be with her at the Market Lounge in Valparaiso, Indiana. Link is for that uh, pinned up on my tweet, uh, on my Twitter, at Kev Callum. Hear me on the radio five days a week. Those links up there as well. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done it. So, so subscribe. All right. We're over on YouTube's. We're trying to crack 25,000 subs there. Uh, we're also uh, charting very well with the podcast feed in the wrestling charts in the United States and India and Great Britain and several other countries. So if you listen to us there and you listen to us on this show, thank you so much. Hope you had a fun time. All right. And of course, Recons of Wrestling Years are coming back. Yeah, we'll be coming back the week of Royal Rumble. We'll see if Jose is even close to defeating me for the predictions title. He isn't, <laughs> but that's okay. I have to ask you a question, though. There we go. Uh, we got this thing coming up here. Hmm. We're thinking about doing it. It isn't official just yet, as most things, plans are formulating. We got trivia. Weekend before Royal Rumble. Are you declaring yourself for the sports kita hmm. trivia stumble? Hmm. Are you ready to stumble? Well, part of my plan is that even if one, I am one wrong question and you're out, one wrong awesome. question and you're out. So I'm gonna have to keep you got to go undefeated. I'm gonna have to keep you guys on your toes on this one, so I don't want to even give it away whether or not I may or may not be entering it. But just gonna keep you on your toes, man. You guys are gonna have to come and tune in to see if I make an appearance or not. That's coming up. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be uh, that'll be on the twenty third, twenty second. Hopefully, if we can we can we can get it right. All right, thank you guys uh, so much uh, for supporting the channel. No matter where you find us, it's really cool that some of you found us. It's really good. You know, normally it's easier to find us. Uh, so thank you guys for that. Appreciate. It. Give us a follow on all the different social medias. Remember, when watching wrestling, do the most important thing, which is this: enjoy wrestling. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out!